recording. We're recording live. Hello and welcome to Recording Live. I am the one of the co-hosts, Dexter, and along with me is Matt. Hi. Tom the Tank. That's that's who I am. That's what people call me. <laughs> Everyone calls you Tank. Everyone does. And Lee. Hola. <laughs> and welcome welcome back Tom and Lee cuz it's been a it's been quite a long time since Tom's been on and it's been a few weeks since Lee's been on. Yeah, I think we had 2 weeks where it was just me and Matt. Uh, there three were three weeks. Or... Yeah. Uh, and then it's been like a month for Tom, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's our it, eighth showing for, uh, we've done doing this for eight weeks now. Yeah. Nice. So no, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. I'm glad to ha- I'm glad you guys are back. It's fun to talk to you guys. And I haven't, I haven't, I mean, I don't talk to you guys outside of this, so it makes me happy. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Tank and Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Tank. Should we explain <laughs> tank? No, that's I don't just even what know everyone what... calls me. Okay, because even I'm a little confused by this. Pretty um, much like my actual name, like you know. It's because Thomas the Tank Engine. Right. I believe I started calling. Sense. I started calling him Tank at one of your birthday parties, Matt. Um, I believe it just was everyone was occupied with other, like other conversations. And I just like looked at Tom. And I was just like, can I just call you Tank? <laughs> and he said yes. So. And I don't think I had it. Yeah, I didn't have any reason to, to deny it. So <laughs> I've been Tank ever since ever to since. everyone who wants to call me that, which is only one person. It's everybody. Uh, so <laughs> other than that, um, what's, uh, what, what's everyone been up to this week? I feel like I've had a very eventful week. Um, oh, uh, by very eventful, I mean, oh, I, mean I, I got, I, a, I got a, oh, I'm getting some echo. Some echo. Nope. Okay. Is that just me? Hello? No, I heard it too. It's gone yeah, now. I, I heard it, but was I don't it Lee? It was it Lee's fault? It might've been my fault. I turned it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and blame Lee. All yeah. right. Tank never does wrong. Um, <laughs> No, anyway, yeah, this week uh, I w- went and picked up a new microwave because ours stopped heating food. Uh, installed that over the oven, which was fun. Actually was. It, it was very smooth operation, which I was not expecting. Um, I also finished uh, Fable 3, so I have, I have now finished the entire Fable series, which is the, I think it's the only video game series I've actually played and beaten every game. Um, so that's fun. Good for you. <laughs> I guess. That is good for you. Uh, I also finished Picard, so that means I've seen every episode of every TV show featuring Captain Picard. Nerd! All two. Nice. Yep, all both of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you finish Deep Space Nine? No, but he was... I he's f- not. He's in the first two episodes. You're wrong then. You're a liar and I you're going to hell. featured. <laughs> he wasn't featured. He was featured. He was the big special guest in the first two episodes of D Space Nine. You're yeah, a liar. He was a guest. Star. You, you didn't say. You didn't say featured. You just said the sh- the series is he has been in. And I said featured, didn't I? Nope, sure didn't. Totally what there I meant. Well, anyway, yeah, we'll go ahead and wind that tape back. It's cool. Yeah, I'll edit that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm in charge of all the editing. So uh, I don't know. It sounded a lot more exciting in my head. Uh, yeah, otherwise, just did some cleaning and rearranged the kids' rooms. So that was about it, I guess. No, yeah. that sounds really boring. What'd you guys do? <laughs> um, not yeah. much. 
I watched a few movies this week. Um, I watched uh, Harley Quinn Bird or the Birds of Prey. What's it's like the longest title ever? Just Harley not. Quinn and the Fabulous Emancipation of uh, No Birds of Prey and what is it? The Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah, didn't they rename it okay, at some right. point? What? Like I thought it was doing like poorly in theaters, so then they thought they would just rename it. They just called it Harley Quinn. Yeah. Birds of Prey, I believe. Yeah. I don't recall. I, I remember it was, it was a Harley Quinn movie more than anything. It was it was all right. I actually uh, was surprised by it because I didn't think it was going to be good at all. So. Yeah. I heard good. I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I recommend it. Hmm, cool. Is it a good Birds of Prey movie? <laughs> that is that is the opposite of what I heard. <laughs> that's yeah, the only comment, and I'm not, I'm not willing to want to make a discussion on it. But that's a question I forgot to ask you this week when we talked about it because we did. Lee and I had quite a couple discussions about it, and that was one thing I just wanted to ask: Is it a good Harley Quinn movie? Is it a good DC? No, it's a it's totally movie, or is it a Quinn good movie? What the Birds of Prey series on on WB was more Birds of Prey than this movie was. What do you think about that? About what the Birds about, of Prey being a vehicle for Harley Quinn? Yeah, like yeah, I don't, I, I don't get that. it per se. Like the Birds of Prey never had Harley Quinn until this movie. I That's guess the weird thing about this is that she has never been a member of of Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty dumb, in my opinion. I'm I'm interested to see who's going to be Poison Ivy because they've already said they're going to make another one and they're going to have Poison Ivy in it. To which a point I'm like, is it necessary to have the Birds of Prey in it then? Because Harley and Poison Ivy are a duet. Well, they have a comic, I, don't they? they? They've had plenty and they've yeah. been their their um their partners and so much. Mm -hmm. I'd be very inclined if they just didn't do a Birds of Prey sequel or if they did do one but with the cast, but have a Harley and uh Ivy movie. Yeah, what they should do is have a. Maybe you just said it. I zoned out. Uh, a Harley, or like uh, a birds, a birds of prey, like their own movie, and then a Harley Quinn separate movie. Is that what you said? No, I didn't say any of that. You're on the ball. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was I was googling who because I thought that I heard who poison that they were cat like looking at somebody for poison ivy, and so I was googling it, and you were talking. I'm very sorry. Matt. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, yeah apparently i made that up in my brain because i'm not finding anything so uh no i, I think it'd be nice if they just made a spinoff for each movie gave harley quinn her own with poison ivy and then birds of prey their own and then they could because I, I listened to a podcast obviously somebody else's and i don't remember who it was but like that uh they didn't really expand on the birds of prey very well like they kind of just barely touched on like each of them but it was really, yeah, just a Harley movie. And so it'd be nice, I guess, with not knowing a ton about the Birds of Prey, really. It'd be nice I guess, for them to be able to have their own movie and really explore those characters, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was definitely <laughs> a weird way to introduce these characters. Yeah. So. Well, and I heard, like, you didn't even get the Canary Cry till the very end or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. You had no idea she was just like that. She had like a superpower. A super, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Meta human. Is that what they call them in the yeah, DC? They're called meta humans in the DC universe. Uh, thanks for making it weird. Well, yeah, they're not mutants. That's trademarked. But anyway, well, yeah. What uh, what else has other people been up to? 
uh, I I took a class this week. I'm gonna be a uh, oh gosh, what's the the title? I'm gonna be one of the people who works at a polling place in June. Oh, cool, nice. So uh, yeah, I've kind of wanted to do it for like the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, decided that that June would be a good one to try it out in, so, uh, as opposed to uh, November. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's like for local elections. Yeah, and it's a primary for like the Senate race and stuff. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So uh, you're just like the guy who takes people's names and tells them where to like what booth to go to or something. Or pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was neat. That's that's kind of the the most out of the ordinary thing that I, that I did this week. Like, uh, so do you just do that at your own precinct, or do they send you just where you're needed? I guess you can you can ask uh, to to just work at your precinct, but I I said I would go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna end up being like pretty close to home anyway, though. So oh, cool. I it turns it turns out they just need people because like I don't know if you guys knew this, but like there's like this like. Uh, global pandemic going on and so all the old yeah conversations all the all the old people who usually work at polling places probably shouldn't like be there right uh and so so yeah so i i bet i could have said i like i could have asked for the most specific place and they still would have needed me there. So (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. Cause I was actually just thinking that like, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone under 50 working those positions. Yeah. Uh, And that's a very good point. I wanted to do it for the past couple of years is cause every time I go to vote, I'm like, man, what is up with these old people? (laughs) They're the ones who really be. Well, yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the, I don't want to make this a political podcast, but that's the dang problem. Yeah, I actually I had to edit out a bunch of stuff from the last episode because we got too political, so we should maybe avoid <laughs> okay, that. that well, that's, do- all I got, that's all I got to say about it. Is yeah. that, you know, more that's people cool. should get involved in politics before they're octogenarians. Yes, good, good point. <laughs> <laughs> and Maddie, what about you this week? Uh, worked mainly. Uh, I got some toys, but... Uh, I watched uh, I watched the finale to the DC animated movie universe, which was Justice League Dark Apocalypse. Oh, I heard that, that was good. It's really good, and it yeah. lives up to his name. It's very dark. I still don't know how to feel about it being yeah. a finale, because just so much very, very, like, a lot of death happens in it. And it kind of was... I understand why people loved it, uh, I guess how I'm left is it kind of felt uncomfortable with how it ended. Mm-hmm. And I've only watched, I don't know, how, how many movie, were they, were, movies were in this universe, Lee? Wasn't there like 15 or something, like 15 or 17? Oh, wow. There's, uh, there's, yeah, it's a big it, number. It's a big, it started seven uh, years ago with Flashpoint. And yeah. oh, I've, I've seen Flashpoint. I've seen the Justice League ones. I haven't seen the Suicide Squad. I haven't seen the... Uh, Aquaman or the Wonder Woman ones. I've seen a handful of the Batman ones. There is a lot. They were putting out like two a year at one point. Yeah. Uh, there's the Death of Superman and the Reign of Superman. There's Hush. Uh, so I've seen all those ones. Okay. It's it is it is. I don't know. It, it just kind of left me kind of surprised that that's how they would end it. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what DC does next because while I'm not the biggest fan of DC mo- uh, live action movies, DC 
has always, always rocked two things. Television and direct-to-video animated features. Yeah, what's I've heard that. I've never seen any of them, though. But Yeah, I've always they, heard they, nothing. They dominated. Yeah. They always have. Marvel did good ones, but they just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, their, their TV universes are a smash hit, and their animated stuff has always been just some of the best shit around and uh they've got way more hits than misses and they're really good so i'm always interested in when a d when dc decides to make new animated ones and i believe the first one was when the first animated feature not part of this universe was doomsday uh was doomsday back in mm. 2007 lee was oh, working wow. at a movie store in perry at the time oh, wow. and i went and picked it up and watched it mm-hmm. and i remember telling lee all about it i remember you went and picked it up a little later on and got to see it and that's a good feature i got it Not a pay- for two bucks it was it was a pretty good deal yeah i'd say so and it's uh it's not a faithful adaptation obviously death of superman that came out last year much more faithful hmm. but it was at that point when dc was really wanting to do their own stuff with their animated features not make straight adaptations yeah but just make you know follow what what was the story behind it all and stuff so i I liked it. I very much recommend the DC animated universe a yeah. lot. Some well, of the voice acting I'm hit or miss, but for the most part, I think it's really good. Looking on, it's Rotten all going to change. They released the Snyder cut. <laughs> that's a thing. We're not talking about that. Yeah. No, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> that's a podcast in itself. We can talk about that another time. Uh, we so, were, what? what are we talking about today? Yeah. Oh, what are we talking about? Oh, uh, Justin's favorite thing. Indie comics. <clears throat> this is barely indie, to be fair. Image, it, it, well, I, I lump it into indie uh, image. It is. Um, I would say at the time it was definitely like far indie. And well, and in general, uh, in, so okay. Today we're talking about image comics, uh, and I, as the host of an indie comic podcast, which I don't, I've not interviewed anyone from Image, I guess, but I lump it into indie just because it's creator owned. Like, and. That being said, too, like I've never read any of the the big story or titles from Image, um, so I like I've only really read the like the comics that they've made that have, that are only like I don't know like max seven trades I suppose, um, <laughs> like nothing huge. So like I've never I've not I don't even know if I've read a whole ep- issue of Walking Dead, um, but I've certainly not read anything else like i've never i think i read one issue of spawn because it was written by neil gaiman <laughs> nice. well and not a we'll great give a, <laughs> we'll give a quick summary of what image comics is yeah uh image comics was founded in 1992 by a group of artists from Mar- primarily marvel and lee, lee can correct me if i get anything kind of wrong because uh, he knows a lot about image uh, it started from a lot of primarily artists from Marvel. I think a couple from DC. It was Eric Larson, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, and Jim Valentino, as well as I may get his name wrong. Uh, Willis Wils or Wilchi Portacio. How do I say that? Do you? Am I uh, saying that right? Wils. I believe Wils. it's Wils Portacio. His real name is William, but yeah, he goes by mm. Wils Portacio, and. A handful of the uh, these artists had been a little dissatisfied with how 
creator-owned content was being hailed. If you created a character under any of the big companies, you didn't own it. You'd get creator credit, but you would not own your creation. Mm -hmm. So Eric Larson, Rob Lightfield, Jim Valentino had a sit-down with Malibu Comics, which was uh, a publishing, which would uh, printing and publishing, Mm -hmm. and they had a discussion about it. They went to Marvel with uh, while also speaking for the other members who were not present and said, we are leaving. They didn't ask for any demands. They weren't trying to uh, strong arm into getting more kind of credit or control. They were already set on their mind. They told Marvel, we are leaving. Here's the reasons we're leaving. Take note. And the very uh, next day or so, they went to D.C., said the exact same thing, who they represented, what they were doing. And they need to understand that this is why we're leaving. We're not here to uh, to be told uh, for you to kind of uh, you know give us a counteroffer. This is what's happening. Our minds are made up, and so these individuals, these guys, they created Image Comics in '92. They only had two real rules in mind, and those were: Image would not own any creator's work. The creator would. Image itself would own no intellectual property except the company trademarks, name, and logo. And no image partner would interfere creatively or financially with another creator's work. Mm-hmm. And so six companies were founded. Todd McFarland's company was Mc, Todd McFarland Productions. Jim Lee would be Wildstorm Productions. Eric mm-hmm. Larson, Highbrow Entertainment. Jim Valentino would have Shadowline uh, Mark Silvestri would uh, create Top Cow Productions, and Rob Liefeld created Extreme Studios. And what these were was these guys owned their own uh, company, and they would be the sole person responsible unless they brought someone else to help them out. Obviously, that did happen. And Image would literally just be the logo on the comic, and they used Malibu Publishing to print their books and get them distributed. And it's been 28 years now. A lot of things have changed since then. A lot of these guys actually have gone back to Marvel, gone mm-hmm. back to DC. They still own, uh, most of them own still their own companies. Jim Lee is now the president of DC Comics and yes, he sold he sold his Wildstorm productions to DC and for the very long time oh, wow. Wildstorm kind of was DC's little independent company, but mm-hmm. uh these guys, yeah, there's some of them are still working on their own creative, uh, creative licenses from back then. Some of them are not, but yeah, it's been an ongoing thing. Now, real quick, I do want to emphasize those two rules. They, they were broken within the first few years. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. Unfortunately, this isn't a shitting on podcast, right? Unfortunately, the second rule of not interfering with another partner creatively or financially that was broken by Lifefield pretty terribly back then where he was where they the creators did the founders of image got together and <laughs> were deciding whether or not to oust him as president of image at the time oh. but life Lifefield understood what he was doing was wrong he was poaching uh, artists from uh, one of the others I think it was uh. Larson or Silvestri and uh, Lifefield they they did confront him about it, and Liefeld chose to step away. Like he left uh, Image for quite a while, and eventually, yeah, Jim Lee left in '99 
to D- back to DC. Yeah. And Lightfield does uh Lightfield and actually we just found out recently after only like 5 years after Image was created, he sold his um most of his creations and has kind of was just the the figurehead. He was the Stan Lee of things like his creation Youngblood. And then it was only a few years ago we found out Lightfield didn't own any of his stuff anymore. He sold it all very uh, early on in hmm. uh, Image's world. And nobody really knew. And unfortunately, Lightfield is now, he's very vocal. He's always been very vocal. He's always been getting into disputes. And he's been pretty vocal lately about him not owning the stuff he sold. And now he's trying to recreate his uh, his young blood in his own look, which is... Mm, yeah very blatantly knocking off his his own creations because he can't have any control over it but yeah that's that's kind of image in a nutshell from it began now uh these guys Thanks for listening, everybody have a good night yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> now out of uh now the one person i mentioned uh wills uh i'm sorry fortacio fortacio he did not start his own studio he did not have a launching comic with them. He hmm. had a family issue, and he could not start up Image with everyone else. He was He's Filipino, and he had to move back to the Philippines for the first year or so of Image. Hmm. He came back, and he, he did create his own comics, but he pretty much He was got under Wildstorm. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. under Wildstorm with Jim Lee. They allowed him to create his own stuff, but he did not start his own group. So he's kind of the person that even I found out about recently, just because from researching Image and... Uh, surprise! So yeah, there's there are seven founding members, six that are well known. However, about ten years ago, maybe less, a seventh founding member or seventh slash eighth founding member came into Image. Robert Kirkman. They made him a uh, a legacy founder, and he's now the uh, I believe he's the COO yep. of of uh, Image Comics. He's one of the big big head honchos of it now, and obviously he's had a very long career with image. He created battle Pope back in high school and he's got several, like he's up there while, uh, uh, Kirkman's not much older than I am. He's in his late thirties. He has a string of successes, but they're all, uh, following a string of failures. Like one thing you could say about Kirkman is he's always got a story to tell Mm -hmm. and he's has more failures than successes, but his successes are just real juggernauts and image decided to bring him in and make him one of the founders and owner, uh, a co-owner of image comics. I I think the one thing about image that like, even to this day, it's just unheard of is you're talking about in 1991, the, the top selling artist of, of comic books, so, like, Jim Lee just sold almost, like, a million copies with X-Men number one. Rob Liefeld just so- sold a million copies with X-Force number one. Um, McFarlane was tearing up the charts with uh, Spider-Man number one. They had relaunched all these number ones because the art was so amazing at that time. The art was selling the books. It yeah. wasn't the characters. Um, these and- guys were superstars. These guys, yeah, these these guys were they were like the Beatles of the Marvel Comics era at that point. You're not um, wrong. These guys had commercials. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of them so they, sold uh, jeans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they they to to have a mass exodus of every superstar artist in your in your camp 
like that is just mind blowing. Yeah. And it's like I said, they didn't, they weren't asking for demands or anything. They walked in and said, we're done. Goodbye. Good luck and goodbye. And it yep. wasn't like, it wasn't a, ne- it wasn't technically like a, a, like a really nasty falling out. It was pretty professional how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these guys were the superstars of comics at the time. And it was a huge blow. Uh, Marvel stock dropped out of this. Yeah. Like it fell when it became public. And these guys, they opened their own group. They started their own company. And Image was a juggernaut for a, a long time. I mean, they were on the cover of everything. They were on the cover of ma- of big magazines. They were huge. They were all over Wizard Magazine. At the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, One thing, you know, I listened to a, uh, another podcast, um, called wizards it's the podcast guide to comics which basically every episode is a a look back into a certain issue of wizard and they start with you know number one and something i didn't realize is wizard was basically about to to go out of business was about to go bankrupt and if it wasn't for rob liefeld's cover to number nine and then they packed in they started packing in cards of image characters um and there was a young blood card in that issue. That issue single handedly like kept Wizard from from completely going away. That's why. So the when you think about um, you know, and Rob Liefeld, say what you will about his art. <laughs> I, I happen to be It's awesome. I happen to be <laughs> Liefeld and I always will, will be. So um I you know, he's he's a he's a polarizing character, so say what you will about him, but at that time he was one of the most hot. I, I would even wager to say he was probably the most popular artist at that time. Oh, him yeah. or Lee. I would say it's him or Jim Lee, really. Like, if you see what what the comic industry did to mimic his style in other books, like Marvel started like going more, you know, extreme with their titles. Like uh, I don't know if you guys remember Force Works or like at, at uh, Fantastic Four started mimicking like the Liefeld style and um so it's crazy that just to think that one artist basically saved a comic book uh publication like wizard from from bankruptcy just just from that you know an an amazing cover like that wasn't wizard i feel like i've always heard that they're always on the cusp of bankruptcy though for some reason they're poorly managed yeah i I just, I, as a kid, I always remembered hearing, like, this magazine might not be around. Like, I don't know who was telling me that, but I, that's just, like, a weird memory I have as a kid. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and talk much about it, because I don't really know yeah, much of what went on, went on behind the scenes with Wizard or anything. So, um, all I know is in the 90s, that's where I learned everything about any comic. So, yeah, yes, right. same. Me too. <coughs> Excuse I, me. So, that book was that book was like instrumental in just turning me into the nerd I am today. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, you know, so when image started, uh, Jim Lee had wildcats, which was kind of a almost X-Men ish where they yeah. had superpowers and stuff, but they were fighting an alien race called the Damonites. Um, I remember thinking that was awesome as a kid. I loved that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, uh, uh, the Savage Dragon by Eric Larson, which is still going, um, Tom, you read that, I've, didn't you? Yeah, that's one of the few image things that I can talk about. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Um, obviously, McFarlane had Spawn. 
Um, and then Rob Liefeld had Youngblood, which uh, I believe was a... It was the was first a, issue. It was first comic that came out from Image. It was the first nice. Image issue, and it was over a million issues sold, which, oh, dang. which is crazy, especially for that uh, time. Yeah. yeah, and it was a very weird way that they had it set up because the issue was a flip book, basically. So, like, the um, yeah, one side would have one team, and then you would flip the book over, and mm. then and there would be side that would have another team. So you'd have two stories in each book. They did that again. They brought that back about ten years ago. Hmm. They uh, they started doing that again with uh, certain image comics, where uh, before the first issue of a comic would come out, they would release the first issue uh, on in the back upside down of other comics as a quote unquote preview uh, of yeah. what's coming. Interesting. So then, um, Sylvester had Cyberforce again, which kind of like an X Men super superhero team. Um, Portacio had Wetworks, which was delayed for a long time, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wetworks, but they were like coated in gold and they were like mercenaries that basically couldn't die, I believe. I wasn't very familiar with Wetworks, but um, hmm. Portacio's artwork was amazing at that time. He had come off of Uncanny X-Men and um, just like Jim Lee had, so was pretty amazing. And then my favorite book that came out through uh, uh, Image was Shadowhawk by Jim Valentino. Hmm. Uh, and, and that book at the time, you're thinking 1992, the main character was an African-American man with AIDS. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at that time, you're just like, yeah. whoa, you're breaking new ground. And the same with Spawn. I mean, you find out, um, you know, having... The, the main character be an African-American man in 1992, like Spawn, and then be a million issues was was amazing. And that's and that's uh, what made these guys um, who they are today, because they were they were breaking down those those uh, those walls that Marvel and DC had kind of, you know, pushed the walls over every now and then. But image was just blowing those walls down. So the, the one thing I'll say about image, though, is you. Uh, and, and, and this isn't too, trying to be a dig much at it, though. They did just knock off everything they were making at Marvel and such at the time. Like like you said, it was an X-Men book. It was the next men book. It was these... kind of just went and created their own books with their own knockoff versions of what they were already drawing. Well, but weren't they... I mean, yeah, okay, so some of them were knockoffs, but weren't they kind of telling stories that were a little more, like extreme i guess or because i remember they were publishing their own stuff so they didn't they know they didn't have anyone tell them you can't do this but i just remember reading something about mcfarlane um and like one of the reasons why he wanted to do it there was like this specific instance it was for the that spider-man series he did uh he wanted i think he wanted an issue where uh juggernaut gets he wanted juggernaut to get stabbed in the eye and Marvel's yep. just like, ah, no. And so he ended up just getting, like, punched or something. Like, it really, like, kind of killed the the moment, honestly. Like, it, I, I re- I've not read that issue, but I read, like, that sequence. And, like, it, it kind of, like, lost meaning that would have been there if he'd gotten stabbed in the eye just because of, like, what was happening in the comic. But, like, I just remembered reading that that was one of his reasons. It's just, like, he was told, like, you can literally do whatever you want. And then on, he kept intentionally pushing the boundaries i think and to the point where they finally said no you can't do that and so then he's just like but you said i could <laughs> and so i never have pr- 
I never have problems with doing that stuff just yeah. because while it is comics and things, mm-hmm. I, I do can understand the idea of not wanting to leave any kind of long-term permanent physical damage to yeah, a character. But I mean, at the same time, if Juggernaut wore an eye patch, like would that have changed anything that Juggernaut has done <laughs> since? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a debate. It's, like, it's, it's comics. I mean, I mean, they could have given him a mechanical eye at some you point. Figure they they figure a way out. I mean, you, yeah. how many people have died? I mean, that's a that's the most physical thing you can have happen to someone. And, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just just trying to think of like trying to play like devil's advocate. Right, right, right. Like, right. Maybe like, it depended on who the editor or the publisher yeah. was at the time who was like, uh, I don't really think we should probably do that because maybe they have, maybe they have. He's. I mean, if he's a guest in a Spider-Man book, we'll that's have to something. change all the toy lines. Well, there's that. Sells more toys. What are you talking about? You have Juggernaut <laughs> with one eye. You have Juggernaut with two eyes. Well, oh, you're yeah. right. No, they really yeah, missed sure. out on an opportunity. And then you have I, Juggernaut I can, with the wrong eye. Well, I can kind of just see both kind of ways yeah, yeah, on it. Now, for sure. Now, I mean, yeah, I obviously you guys know more about Image Comics than I do because, like, I'm even looking at some of these guys and I don't know what they created. But I do remember seeing stuff like, yeah, Jim Lee's Wildcats, they looked like X-Men. Shadowhawk, it was, it was black and silver Wolverine. <laughs> like, straight up, he was drawing Wolverine. And, uh, like, uh, Youngblood, he was <laughs> he was drawing X-Men. I, I can't think, was, uh, was Sylvester, was he drawing Hulk? Because I always get Hulk vibes off of Saturday. <laughs> no, Sylvester drew X-Men for a long time. Um hmm. I always, I always thought Savage Dragon seemed right more... after Jim Lee. I always Savage thought... Dragon was actually created in the '80s by Eric Larson for for Megaton, I believe. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, Megaton Comics or something. I think Youngblood was too. Actually, Youngblood was created in the '80s and originally was supposed to be a book through this this Megaton comic as well, and it just hmm. never happened because Lightfeld ended up like blowing up with. Uh, uh, you know, Hawk and Dove at DC, and then going on to New Mutants. So, oh, yeah. I forgot he. I forgot he did Hawk and Dove, mm-hmm. and he came back uh, eight years ago and was drawing Hawk and Dove again. Yeah, and then it was canceled after like six issues. <laughs> I do like my one of my favorite things. Always like Lifefield is known for creating Deadpool and Cable, and. I always remember, like, you can look it up anywhere and hear, look up the history of Deadpool and his creation. And pretty much, Liefeld drew Cable, uh, drew Deadpool, showed him to the writer of X-Force at the time, Fabian? and the editor. And they looked at it, looked at Rob, and said, that's Deadshot. Or no, that's Deathstroke. Yeah. And he didn't deny it. Pretty much, <laughs> I think it was that you're. That's Deathstroke, and he goes, "No, it's 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 Deadpool. No, that's Slade Wilson. What's this guy's name? Wade Wilson. <laughs> it's my own original character. I can totally it's see my... that like being made up on the spot. That's awesome. I mean, and I, I don't mean to sound so critical not... of Image, but mm. all I think of when I see their original creations, I think of Sonic the Hedgehog OC characters. That's, yeah, that's what I was just referencing. You know, but it, it's the, crazy. That's my original character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's crazy though because you look at them, and, and the first wave of Image Comics was all just like was just superhero stuff. It was. It was. It was all superheroes except Spawn. <laughs> and but then as it as it went on, they really started getting some to some weird stuff. Like you know, Sam Keith's The Max was like mm. you oh, thought yeah. it was going to be oh, 
you thought that, that was him in a superhero book and you read that and that is some deep psychol like psychological crap going on in that book yeah um and i i only know the max from the cartoon from mtv yeah i always forget that yeah. that's a cartoon for some reason i mean a comic for some reason i was just yeah mtv Max was I literally I literally just reread the entire series and forgot how great that series was. Yeah. Uh Dale Keown did the pit. Uh or not the pit, but pit. Oh mm-hmm. pit, yeah. And Keown was doing Hulk at the time and Pitt was basically a Hulkish looking character. Yeah. Um, when did pit, uh when did when did Image become the Titty Company? The what? The, the Titty Company where it was just giant breasted women. I mean, I think that they started that way. I was gonna say that sounds like how did it they began. did they start out that way? Because I, I remember mean, what was it mid nineties when they were really pushing like Witchblade. I was gonna say I think it would probably be around the Witchblade Gen thirteen era. Yeah, what, where what, was that company wasn't the titty company though. Well, but they yeah, were, they were all at that point. Th- they were. I mean, DC's never truly been. Marvel was Marvel did a swimsuit. What are you talking movie? about? Have you seen Mar- Power Girl? What the fuck? Oh yeah, well, Power Girl is one character, <laughs> wow. but she's also a gag. But whatever. Just, I don't want to talk about titty characters. <laughs> well, no, but it's it's part of this. I mean, this was Image. Image was known as the Titty Company. Like they were the ones that Michael just Turner's they were selling sex. You're just like I mean, when you're a preteen boy, you're looking at Michael Turner's art. You're like, oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was something that Mar- I mean, they that was the, that was something that became something Image was known for. Like they were like I mean, they were a company that very much used you know the female body to sell and. Not everyone was though. No, obviously not. Not really Seth McFarlane, but some of these Seth, guys in the Seth book. McFarlane. Oh, Todd McFarlane. I'm sorry, but like some of these titles. Lucky it's a family spawn. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, but you look at like like Jim Lee was very heavily. Uh, he brought in Scott Campbell, which they created Gen 13. But yeah, they had Witchblade. They had some of the. Uh, I mean, they're not as bad as, say, Cliffhanger was. Cliffhanger got pretty sexualized. But, yeah, I mean, this they were known for that. And that they didn't... It took a long time for them to finally get out of that. And it was during a weird period when it was heavy superheroes. And now it's not so much anymore. But that's kind of... That's kind of the... Uh, the world that comics has gotten to. Where, you know, if, if you were to really try and sell sex, you're gonna get... You're gonna you're gonna end up on some articles, but they're not articles that you want to be on. And but yeah, I mean that was a big thing for them is they were really selling uh, the appearance of characters to sell issues. I mean, even com- yes, comics were at the time like a lot of them were heavy on it. Marvel, but the thing is, you think about a lot of these uh, Marvels where yeah, you said they did a swimsuit issue stuff like that. You kind of look back and you if you think. Of- of all the the sexualization that was on Marvel, it was the guys that left and did Image. Yeah, but to, I mean, as we stated too, like these are like um, like about the Wizard magazine, how they kind of picked up because of an image on the cover, and uh, as Lee said at one or earlier, that like a lot of these comics were being sold because of the, who the illustrators were. So it'd make a lot yeah. of sense for them to be trying to make sales based on the imagery that they're using. Sure. And like any marketing, like the knee jerk, easy thing to do to make sales is to sell it as sex. 
And yeah, so, I mean they did. That makes sense. Know, I mean, I guess Wildstorm was pretty bad at it. Like I said, Jim Lee was pretty big yeah. into it, but yeah, he brought in he brought in J. Scott Campbell, who was very heavy at that time. He made Gen Thirteen with Jim Lee. He created uh, what was the um, oh Danger Girl? Mm. Yeah, and that uh, was for Cliffhanger, which was uh, a creator owned imprint within a creator owned imprint that was part of a creator owned imprint. That's the it's weird like, one about Cliffhanger because so they had like Red Sonja and stuff like that. And uh, but yeah, I remember Danger Girl. That was something that uh, Scott Campbell still promotes to this day. And I don't think there really is a Danger Girl comic anymore. Yeah, I don't. It was uh, last. It was released by they did it through IDW, I believe. Like within the they last did they five did, years yes. or so. And he was on the covers. He took a break from drawing Mary Jane on every Spider-Man cover to uh, do some <laughs> covers of Danger Girl. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I didn't get into Image almost at all. I knew about Image or anything, but I didn't get to Image at all until 10 years ago when I started reading Walking Dead. I knew Battle Pope from Kirkman, so I read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, come on, it's funny. And uh, Tom read it too. I remember we separately knew about Battle Pope. And was that an image book? Yes, yeah. that was Kirkman's first image book. He was in. He was finishing high school when him and Tony Moore worked on that. Wow. Yeah, I got that, and then Invincible. Like I said, I was saying earlier in another podcast or off the podcast with Dexter. I followed Kirkman's career, but not intentionally. Just kind of uh, through fate, almost, where I was reading all these books. But I didn't ever really follow who the writers were of books too much. But after I started reading Walking Dead and stuff, I went back and I looked up Kirkman and I found out I'd read most of his bibliography. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't out of attention. It was just just so happens that everything I was reading at the time was by one dude and I just never paid attention to it. Hmm. So, uh, I mean... That sounds, seems like a very good lead-in. Uh, do we want to talk about like any image comics? I think we all or we each have our own image comics that we've enjoyed and read. Um, and so, Matt, you just kind of said a bunch of yours. Do you want to? Is there anything else or anything else? Uh, you say? I'm trying to think. Uh, let me think of anything really image-related other than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I read their GI Joe back in 2000. They did GI Joe. Or 2001. They, had two, they did 2001 with huh. another independent group, uh, Devil's Due. Which oh. Devil's Due was like what Lee was saying with some comics. An independent through yeah. an independent through an independent. And Devil's Due acquired the license to G.I. Joe back in 2002, I think. And yeah, yeah. they used Image to kind of sell it. And eventually, I think after 10 or 12 issues, they, bro- they br- finally broke away from Image and uh, made enough success through G.I. Joe that it was Devil's Due solely on it. They've I read that. lost that since, though. Uh, we can talk about that. Oh, time. yeah. IDW has uh, G.I. Joe now. Okay. Devil's Due lost to G.I. Joe like seven years ago. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. They they had that one. Um, yeah, I read Battle Pope when I was in high school. I got into Walking Dead be- like, uh, like 2007, 2008, and I read that every month. I've always loved the Walking Dead comic. Mm-hmm. And then I started, I, I, I don't know what it was. Out of curiosity, I decided to check out his superhero book, Invincible. And Invincible is probably the best comic book series I've ever read. It's over. It finished up two years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's probably the best big spearhead for image for me is reading invincible and it is a thing that's set in the invincible universe spawn showed up Witchblade showed up 
Savage Dragon showed up. Uh, Pit had some cameos. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, those are kind of the only comics I think I've really read from Image. Not too much, really. Like, I never leaped on anything too big. So, some independently owned things, some licensed things. But, yeah, I I don't know a whole lot. I know a lot of the, the background of some of the creators behind Image. But I haven't, I can honestly say I've never digged in. I've never read an issue of Spawn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, come on. Were you not here when I said that I've only read one issue of Spawn? I heard that, too, and I'm just like, come on. At least that's one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know Spawn because he was on the cover of all the Wizard magazines and stuff like that, and he had a cartoon for two years, uh, three seasons. And a and, cool, cool movie. Yeah. That, that, Think about that the fact movie. that Spawn beat the Marvel Universe to movie screens. Did it? Yeah, 1997. Mm, yeah captain america wasn't uh released in theaters not in america punisher <laughs> dolph lundgren's punisher you can't even really count that can you well if it I came think out that was direct video too i don't freaking know but yeah huh? no, i mean i've seen the spawn movie uh i've seen both versions yeah the pg-13 and quote unquote r-rated yeah yeah that's what, that's which one movie. was in theaters both um, no, just the PG-13 one was in theaters. Oh, I thought oh, wow. they released both R-rated and PG. It just depended on which theater you went to. Uh, funny story about that movie. Nobody, uh, None of my friends wanted to see it with me, so the only person that would go to see it with me was my mom. Awesome. <laughs> and she thought it was great. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's CGI cave. Yeah. Yeah, dude. She thought, she thought the violator was very funny. John Leguizamo doing the squat walk. Yeah, that was like the first big movie I ever saw that guy in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was good. I, I, uh, I, no, Mario Brothers for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, dude. Never mind. I read a lot of Spawn. Um, and then I got... I seriously, I think in the 90s, picked up every image number one I could find. Hmm. Um, that was probably pretty easy. There were a lot of them. You could trip I know. Them, right? Like, every other month, there was like two <laughs> or three new number ones. Oh, yeah. So, like... I got, uh, you know, like I said, Shadowhawk was my biggest one I was into. And then I read uh, uh, Trencher by by Keith Giffen, uh, which was just, just a weird that book. noise. Oh. Somebody's yeah, tapping. Who's, yeah. What's that? Somebody's tapping. Um, Is uh, somebody's microphone, like, like, wiggling on their table or something? Oh, weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that would have been. Uh, uh, but okay. anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. So go <laughs> ahead. So I read Trencher, uh, which was a weird book. Uh, the Max, obviously, I said I read that. Um, I read Gen a lot of Gen 13 and a lot of Stormwatch, Brigade, um, Wildcats. I read a lot of uh, when, when Cliffhanger came out, I got a lot, lot of I got all those. So Danger Girl, Crimson. Uh, steampunk by my favorite artist chris pacella yeah i was just looking into that i saw that that's interesting um and then i didn't really i don't think i really uh after after all that superhero fun from image i kind of i i fell out of image i didn't read very much i'd pick up a spawn issue here and there i I get all of the because spawn is still going and so is savage dragon in terms of continuously since they started yeah 
They just hit 300 the last year with Spawn. Yeah. So I pick up any every time they hit a milestone issue, I'll pick those up. So, and I have a lot of McFarlane toys. So, did you I got do his that. Kickstarter? I did not. I, I thought about it's it. Like Forty bucks to get a really cool Spawn action figure, or yeah, whatever that it, was. It's pretty sweet. Anyway. But I have the original one that has a, a you know, it comes with a, uh, an, a board with a nail in it. Nice. That's nice. that's his weapon. They're like, hey, what do we give Spawn? How about <laughs> a board with a nail in it? That's awesome. Sure. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> sounds sounds exactly like. He'll make Spawn. do. Yeah. So, okay. um, I. I also own the complete Wildcats animated series on DVD. What? I have that too, yeah. What? Nice. That's awesome. And I have the Max animated series on VHS. So. Wow. Yep. That's do you have the life. Gen 13 movie? I do have the Gen 13 movie that was uh, uh, never released in the U.S. Because yeah. it was... Uh, Disney actually had some funding in it, and it was a very risque movie, and they refused to release it here in the U.S. So I believe they, the um, the rights were sold, and it was released overseas. So I remember that. I own it, too, and I'm like, the biggest thing I questioned about that was, I mean, it does have nudity in it for, like, two seconds. And I always wondered why, if they just trimmed that out, if maybe uh, Disney would have just kind of not kind of looked the other way then or they would have just released it under buena vista or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was it was interesting that that they did that even so because it had cast, a very too. batman the animated series style to it it had oh, a good cast yeah hmm. so yeah i i basically uh read i had my hand in every cookie jar of image for a while there interesting i stayed out of the top cow area though so that's weird. Hmm. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Oh, it was directed by a Gen 13. Uh, it was directed by a Batman uh, animated director. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast or not, but like I didn't grow up reading a lot of comics. Um, right. I, I uh, So I didn't really read any image comics in my youth or like in the 90s. Like I was a little kid in the 90s, so I, I probably wouldn't have been too interested in it anyway. Um, but most of them were things that I either sort of stumbled into on accident or uh, friends uh, introduced me to them. So, like, Maddie, you mentioned earlier that, like, that you and I both knew about Battle Pope. I thought that you showed me Battle Pope. I, I thought you already had it because I remember you do have the first volume of it or first or second volume of the trade paperback. And I thought I remember seeing that at your place and like freaking out that you had it or maybe i lent it to you but i think you lent i that's what i remembered is that you lent it to me i guess i'm remembering wrong because yeah i thought you knew battle pope already yeah but so i i really liked battle pope that was like and reading that so i read that in in like college and early college and so that was really like that was very very much in my wheelhouse at that time that kind of humor and setting and everything was pretty great um and then yeah a few years later you told me about Invincible. Maddie introduced me to Invincible, and I think lent me the first uh, like two or three trades, and I read them, and I was like, "Holy crap! I don't, I don't really like superhero books. I don't really enjoy like mainstream superhero storytelling, but I love Invincible." Uh, and it's one of those things that every now and then I, I really think about, like actually 
like going back and reading the whole thing, especially now that it has an end, that yeah. I also find very attractive that it has a beginning and an end. Yes, yeah. it very much. Yeah, it's a it's a book that uh, ended on a high horse, like yeah. it, or a high note, I should say. It was a book that wasn't declining, wasn't being mm. the reviews weren't decreasing. Kirkman was just scared of going stale. Sure. And so he he decided to end it. No, no, he did the same thing with Walking Dead. He yeah. it was still the sales were still there, the reviews were still there, everything was still good. I mean, the show's still around, but yeah. uh, it's a it's a show that I mean, it's a comic that he very much was planning out, and then when he was planning out the next year, he realized he was way ahead of where he wanted to be, and mm. and made the conscious decision to end it like that's one thing i mean kirkman has a long career of his books getting canceled and mm. his best books have uh he's chosen to end i guess i i don't want to sound too critical or sa- this sound wrong but he he i think he very much uh just doesn't want to fail anymore and so he sees his books and goes i can end this and it won't feel out of place. Yeah. And I kind of want to end this, even though he loves it and stuff. And he says very much that when he finishes the series is up, he pretty much just breaks down in tears over it. And he does little interviews saying uh, uh, in the back of his book saying, like, I didn't have to end this. I, I literally had alternative ideas to go, but I just felt like the timing was just right. And that was one for Invincible. Invincible ended with like a double or triple is- uh, page issue. Wow. And it, it was a comic series that uh, I'm not going to deny gave, uh, get, put tears in me a few times because it was just an emotional roller coaster. And real quick, Invincible is it's a Superman. It's essentially a Superman comic. It's a kid with superpowers, but his life isn't perfect. He's a teenager. I think it ends when he's in his early 20s. And hmm. he's he deal. He's not just dealing with being a superhero, but he's also dealing with having a personal life, having a dating life, uh, figuring out what he's going to do forever. And one well, is like, his right. dad is a superhero too, right? His dad's a superhero. Yeah. And it also kind of just falls into the, uh, oh, the problem was. where he kind of, sorry. Uh, yeah. Fox first issue. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, for like a 15 year old comic. Uh, he's, it's a, um, what was I going to say? He he deals with the consequences of being a superhero, the collateral damage, going too far, like accidentally killing a villain by because you don't know your own strength thing, uh, like not being able to cope with being a superhero, like ideas like that. And it, it was it's it's one of the best comics and I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think around the same time, uh, my buddy Justin um, who I think most of you guys know, um, introduced me to Savage Dragon. Wait, the same uh, Justin that told us not to talk about indie comics? Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, hey, Justin, uh, if you're still listening, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he, he, he told me about Savage Dragon. Uh, and I think he, he made a painting of Savage Dragon, and I was like, I've never seen that character before. I don't understand what that, like, I didn't understand what I was looking at because hmm. he's he's kind of weird looking. Um, and uh, uh, and yeah, so Justin just kind of gave me a rundown. And uh, it's I have it's I think it's one of the only image books that I own right now. I have two of the the like newsprint archive editions, like the big like 
multi-volume things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's great. I just, I, I've always been a big fan of characters who, uh, you know, are sort of put in extraordinary circumstances against extraordinary odds uh, and just, like, don't have time for it. Like, just <laughs> don't care, just want to do their job and, like, get on with their life. And I, that's that's very much Savage Dragon, at least in the, the early books. Um, and uh, and I always really liked that. He just he just wants to be a cop. He knows he's a, a weird green fin headed dude, but he just wants to be a good cop. <laughs> and everybody keeps causing trouble for him. It's great. So um, is he like an alien or something, or is he just like you know a dragon? Is books, it not addressed? Like in the in the books that so I've only read through these first two archives uh okay. which is a lot of comics but i know that it's like still ongoing so i, I don't know if right. it's been addressed but i in these first two archives it's really not that's um, that, like there's there's awesome. speculation about it but yeah. he, he has he doesn't know he just woke up uh one day oh. and was this and doesn't remember anything before um so oh, interesting which is great what, what what lee can you answer some of those questions about savage dragon yeah i I'm gonna be honest. I I know very little about the Savage. Okay. Track. Okay. I know he had an animated series on the USA Network. Yes, he oh, did. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, speaking of animated stuff, so the the Max came up um, in college. Maddie and I had a friend Kyle. Have a friend Kyle. We're still friends. Um, but uh, but he lent me the Max on VHS, and I watched that, and it blew my freaking mind. Uh, and then I think maybe Justin lent me the comic. Somebody lent me the comics, uh, and I, I read the comics, and I, I loved those. I didn't realize it was Image. I, I wish I would have. I, I mm. totally forgot about that until uh, till Lee brought it up. But I loved yeah, the Max. So weird and, and out there, and the art was just so wild. I loved it. Yeah, Sam Keith has such a distinct uh, style to his, to his art. And yeah. the Max was just... You look at it, and you, even in the first issue, you're like, "Oh, this is just stereotypical superhero issue or a comic." And by by the end of the second issue, you're like, "What the hell did I get myself into? What is this? What is happening?" Like, <laughs> it's all about like people's dreams and their outbacks, which are their their basically their uh, their happy place. I would, I guess, and yeah, like, oh my the, gosh, it, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's all it's like it's the most like I said, it's it's the deepest psychologically like mind F I've ever had. Yeah. It's a trippy um, comic. It's great. And after rereading the whole thing where uh, I think at issue 20, it jumps into the future, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then from issue 20 through the end of the series, issue 35, I believe you're just like all of these things come flooding in. And you're like, Whoa, this, yeah, <laughs> I recommend it. If you guys have never read the max. If you want to be, have your minds blown by, how crazy a comic can be. The Max is is right up there. Yeah. And another great comic that has a beginning and an end. Like it's yes. it's something you can sit down and read the whole thing and experience the whole thing, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I think that's good for storytelling. <laughs> you know what's weird though? The Max actually had a crossover with Gen 13 in the oh, 90s. Really? And then uh last I think last year, um there was a Batman the Max miniseries that Sam Keith writ, wrote and uh, wrote and directed. Wrote That's and illustrated. wild. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it's called like Arkham Dreams, I believe. 
Uh, Batman the Max Arkham Dreams, yep. Dang, I'm going to have to look into that. (laughs) Sounds like the Scarecrow would be an appropriate character for something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, and I just always really liked Spawn. Like, that's the only image thing I I wanted to talk about was I always thought Spawn had a really cool look, and I always saw the toys and stuff, and, like, I... I've never read a Spawn comic, but I have watched both <laughs> the uh, both the animated movie and the um, and the uh, or maybe it was a mini series. I don't remember. It was I have an HBO it. series, yeah. Hmm. Um, and and the live action, which the live action is is pretty schlocky, but I really like it. Um, I like both of both of those schlocky? adaptations a lot. They're really fun. I like the character. Yeah. He's very sad. He's a tragic character. Yeah, I the series was so good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, the animation was cool. I liked it. I listened it to a... It had boobies. It was <laughs> I, I, I listened to a podcast years ago where it was with a guy who worked at a comic book store. He's from Ireland, and he, he's very Irish, and he uh, he's, uh, they were discussing Spawn on their podcast, and he was talking about how Spawn just doesn't sell hmm. in their area, but he always, he's been a comic book nerd for a long time i think he's in his uh early 40s now and he's worked at the comic book store for 15 20 years and he was saying how uh he always feels bad that spawn doesn't sell too well but he always makes sure to order at least five to ten issues every month and he has said that one time he like, nobody buys them nobody buys them they just go into the back stock but uh bins but he said very much a very English looking like punk rocker. You know how like the guys that have spike hair, like the uh, spiky jackets and big tall boots and stuff uh, came into his shop, just walked around, looked up at him and goes with a very thick, like weird Irish accent. Got any spawn? And he just <laughs> looks and goes, spawn is over there. <laughs> And the guy just walked over and bought all the back issues and everything. Dude, awesome. <laughs> and then just left. And he never saw the guy again, but he's like, <laughs> he was very unique looking. And just the way his Irish accent was, was just kind of out there where even I don't even know where he, which part he's from wow. of Ireland. But yeah, he's like, that's probably the most memorable Spawn fan I've ever met. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I can imagine that guy in my head and I go, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Anything else? uh, uh, No, not really. I mean, like that's, that's, I think that's pretty much it. Like that's, uh, yeah. I, aside from like rereading the max, probably a couple more times before I die. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and probably trying to, to, uh, gather up all of the invincible and read through all of it uh and i think that's that's pretty much pretty much where i'm at with image these days mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. one of the good things about image is that it it actually introduced me to jeff smith's bone oh uh, really oh shit bone yeah. was published oh. by image in the in the late 90s for not very long Huh, I didn't know that. I read yeah. it in Disney Adventure Magazine. I was going to say, same. Yeah, Disney that's Adventure right. Magazines. And it never made sense because it didn't feel like they were really releasing every chapter yeah. one after another. Isn't yeah, I finally got to read it like years and years later. I finally read the whole series in a, a big collected volume. And I was, it was just beautiful. What isn't, a great story. Isn't yeah, I have the, like, the whole collected kids? edition. It's so great. Yeah. So. Isn't Bone not that? for kids? Like, Oh, yeah. 
But it was friendly. It's it's released by Scholastic in in schools and stuff. So yeah. Oh, for some reason, like, I was always under the impression that they they made kid versions, but that like ultimately the story was very adult. I don't know why I thought that. I've well, always had that same. I don't idea, think it gets too bad. It's it's huh. uh. I mean, I'd say it's like middle level reading, like okay. like late elementary, middle school level. Well, yeah. Not, not like level, like just plot wise. Oh yeah, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's too heavy. Huh, okay. No, I would say it's it's probably around like the Lord of the Rings style in terms of how how deep it is, I guess. Right, um, and it, like there's no themes that I think are are like yeah damaging for for young minds. <laughs> I don't like my son. Literally, the book is the collected edition is like gosh, I think it's like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred pages. Yeah, it's and my son has read through that thing probably six times, and he'll read it like. In like three or four days, and that's yeah. that's amazing to me, because it took me like a year to read it when I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. um, and, well, good on you, Image. Well, good, uh, good, good work supporting Bone. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I can go quickly over my experience with Image. One um, one issue of Spawn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a long time ago, I saw that Neil Gaiman wrote an issue of Spawn, so I read it. Uh, that, that's fairly true, I guess. Uh, no, other than that, I, I started reading Image, I don't know, probably about six, seven years ago, uh, probably 2011-ish, probably 2012, I want to say. Uh, and honestly, I, I think I started picking up comics just because of who I saw was writing them. Um, so, like, I've read Seven to Eternity just because it was written by Rick Remender because I loved his X-Force yep. run. Um, other than that, like, uh, Extremity, I actually kind of bought that for the art initially. It's Daniel Warren Johnson. I don't think he's super, like, popular or famous yet, maybe. He did. He just did, um, like, a Wonder Woman, like, black or something. I don't know what they're calling that. Um but yeah, so like, and then my brother recommended a while ago, East of West when that came out, um, which is a fantastic Western. If you love, if you like Westerns, East of West is like this really nice futuristic Western. Um, and then Paper Girls, I kind of just read it cause Brian K. Vaughn wrote, wrote it. I'm not like huge into Saga, but, um, Paper I was going to ask about, I was going to. I was going to bring up Saga. Yeah, um, I tried reading Saga. It's interesting enough, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I think just it's one of those comics that's just massive now, and I just have a hard time starting things that have been going on for a while. It's mm -hmm. over. Yeah, so I mean, it, I don't know. it ended two years ago. I thought about maybe. Did it actually end? It. I thought they. Kinda, it ended. I thought he kind of got busy with other things and then just kind of left it. Uh, it shows that. It uh it ended its publication two years ago with fifty four issues. Okay, oh. that's not so bad, I suppose. That's uh, not bad. Yeah, yeah, and I'd then, be worth reading through. Yeah, but really, just with image, I I tend to read things based on writers with them, and it's usually guys that I've like read their work other places, and so like I'm just really interested in um what you know what their creator own stuff would be. Um. Oh, I'm looking at one by Scott Snyder. I think it's Image. It's AD After Death, maybe. Uh, and I read that one just because I knew Scott Snyder was popular, but it was illustrated by Jeff Lemire, so I enjoyed that. I really think that's Image. It doesn't say very clearly on the cover. But um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I so I, I've more gotten into Image after all the artsy or just indie stuff that's not superheroes. Which so Lee and I are on polar ends, I think, of Image right now. I hate you, Dex. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know my middle name is Lee. Is it? Yeah, we should be like real good friends or something. You redeemed yourself, Dex. Good. You're like also. Did you guys know that Lee's middle name is Dexter? (laughs) It's true. Yeah, we're named after a famous racehorse. Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) And on that note, and Maddie's middle name is George Washington. No, it's not. Maddie, Maddie George Washington Carver. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, Image is it's still around. It's still it's still a pretty big juggernaut in the comic industry and it oh, has sure. it has expanded, you know, uh, a lot of artists have come out of it. Uh there's quite a few that have moved on to really big books. Uh ones that I really think of is Ryan Otley who was on Invincible, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, he's doing so I think he's doing Spider-Man, didn't you say, he's Lee? Doing Amazing Spider-Man, I believe, yeah. Yeah. He's doing Amazing Spider-Man. Uh uh, the bigger one, though, I think the big one, not to not to say Ryan Otley's not big, but the really big ch- uh, uh, prodigy that came out of Image nowadays is probably, arguably, Jeff Capullo, uh, Greg Capullo. Nah, no. you're wrong. You're wrong. Who's you bigger than so? Greg Capullo? Greg Capullo actually was uh, the artist on X-Force after Rob Liefeld for a long time. Well, but he was, did he do uh, Spawn he first? Was, uh, but, yeah, he, he I was McFarland's anchor. He was uh, McFarlane's. Uh, he actually illustrated Spawn for a long time. Yeah, he did. Oh man, uh, Lee was so excited to say that you were wrong. I was so excited. <laughs> I I, the only thing I, I know is I well, I don't know much about Capullo other than he was uh, the inker for McFarlane because their art is strikingly similar, Very and cool. he's now the big big name for uh dc's batman so mm-hmm. i mean i don't i didn't know he drew anything for marvel i i knew that mcfarlane yeah, was um, his, an understudy for him essentially he like he was his inker for a very long time i knew he did spawn mm-hmm. but spawn. And, he uh, did, and he took over but, for x-force too yeah but i remember i i very much know that for the past seven eight years He's been the big poster uh, poster boy for Batman. Yeah, well, uh, with the mostly just with the the run for Scott Snyder because he basically yeah. like it's just those two that have been doing Batman for a long time and they just don't seem to give it up. Like they're not doing the main story anymore, <laughs> but like it just seems like they'll never stop making Batman. Although I think they did finally submit like their last Batman recently. I don't like yeah, the way well, he draws no, they're swing. starting the. He did the uh, Dark Knights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me- last year but there's a new one now coming out called dark knight's death metal i believe yeah i was seeing on instagram he was he was showing some superman stuff and he was complaining that scott wouldn't let him do superman with a beard i will say that one thing i I love about capolo is um he's he's really for a while there it almost felt like he disappeared Mm -hmm. Uh, like he wasn't he wasn't as prolific as he is as he is now and when he came back um with batman in 2011 it was yeah. it it set the world on fire that yeah. book was the most popular book for i don't know how long long time but, oh, i feel like yeah. it had like a 10 year run didn't it i don't know no like five less than five really yeah because it was the new 52 and that that lasted i can't remember 
Uh, I think that lasted for about well, five but, like, years. They just kept doing Batman things, even if well, it wasn't they, the Well, they story. only did uh, 30, 30 mm. some issues of Batman, and then they started doing miniseries. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, like, so the, he was drawing ba- Batman, though, I feel like for a decade. I, I don't know. No, it's He's been drawing eight, it since 2011, years. basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That way. So, yeah, about nine years. I, uh, I, I like his art, but I do have problems with his art. Like, like I said, so I, say, I, I don't like the way he draws Bruce Wayne. I don't like how he draws regular people. They all have, what did you yeah. say, Lee? Like the pouty lips? <laughs> he does. He, he puts the pouty lips. And I, I actually like that about his style. Well, I they don't like it when it's a sly smirk in the corner of their mouth. It's right? fine, uh, but yeah. when, they're, when they're talking about the Joker wanting to blow up Gotham and they all have it for no reason, it's a little weird. Or when they're saying yeah, people the have Joker style, Venom man. can kill people. Like, they're talking about the Joker uh, slid off, uh, cut his own, uh, had his own face cut off, and he's been, like, slaughtering people left and right. They're all staring at the monitor in the Batcave, and they all have it. And I just kind of I was like, okay, that's that's weird. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but once the cowl comes on, it's it's frowny face. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I I do kind of think that Capullo probably does have one of the biggest careers outside of Image from being kind of in it for a very long time, mm-hmm. drawing a lot of stuff, and then now he's he's very much a DC exclusive. It should be uh, no. He, he should not- be noted that he had his own creator own book for a while as well. Um, oh, was it called the Creech? Oh yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I feel like it was pretty, only it's heard pretty of good. He, uh, Greg Capullo, though he is doing other things because um, yeah, to, I don't think uh, he's Mark, Yeah, with Mark Miller, he did a comic called Reborn. Uh, yep, and that was for Image as well. Um, so he's done a couple of things here and there. He just seems like so busy, like doing Batman. He like, I remember when he did not, My Night with Jay Leno, where Spider-Man and Jay Leno went on adventures. That nice. That's completely I worth his time. I forgot about that. They were like extra, extra like one or two page stories in the back of Spider-Man. And his yeah. artwork was very McFarlane. Like Spider-Man was very thin, very lanky. His artwork wait, almost wait, looked... His artwork looks very similar to even uh, Seth MacFarlane. Todd, uh, but <laughs> his artwork looked looked very much like a mixture between MacFarlane and uh, Joe Casada. Hmm. Cool. So was, was that very, was that was that Spider Man back when? Um, it was early two thousands when MacFarlane was doing. So not when MacFarlane was doing. Okay. No, it was early two thousands. Okay. Interesting. It was different, but yeah, I mean. DC's, uh, not DC, I'm sorry, Image is, uh, they're going to be hitting 30 years in two years. I wonder what they're going to do. Maybe complete Image United? Ha! No. Let's talk about Image <laughs> United for a moment. Image United was a book that came out in 2010, 2011, and it was <laughs> the big, big event for Image where all the creators and founders of Image, aside from Jim Lee, we're doing a big crossover event where it was a story written by Robert Kirkman. And uh, the only person who couldn't join in was Jim Lee because president of DC. He doesn't know his he character. Actually did, he actually did he some did co- uh, variant covers. He so did covers, but he yeah. couldn't, use his ca- couldn't yeah. use his characters. And it was a big event where everyone 
aside from Jim, was drawing their creators, their creations in a big six issue event that lasted two issues. Three. It got three, man. Come on. It got, it got three <laughs> issues. Uh, and it mostly came down to certain people couldn't commit. Oh, that's always been the problem with image image comics was that they're just, uh, they were always behind schedule. Um, mm. In terms well, of all of those books, and it's, it's our, not it's not just one creator; it's like all of them. Yeah, from our limited experience uh, as as being indie creators and sometimes trying to uh, to wrangle other indie creators into a single project is freaking hard. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, it's it's very difficult. I remember; I think the story was all about everyone banding together to defeat the big bad of the image world, which turned out to be the original spawn. spawn. Yeah, it was, it was Al Simmons. Mm. He became the Omega spawn. Yeah. He's like Satan. He like, he controls hell and spawn. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately it didn't get past issue three, I guess. And that issue ended with a big final page revealing that spawn was the main villain. And it's been nine years and they tried to release a mini series during the hiatus. It never got. It never. It never happened. Uh, and unfortunately, they've pretty much for a long time, six years or so. They kept some of the creators kept saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think they. I think it was Lifefield who finally said it's not happening. That's weird coming mm -hmm. from him. He like did he everything. He was ahead of schedule. He had all his pages drawn and everything. They found he outed. Uh, Todd McFarlane and said it was Todd's fault. Yeah, the problem the problem now though is if they wanted to do it, like how dated would it be? Well, no, like Lightfeld doesn't own the Youngblood characters anymore, and they were a big part of the series. So like <laughs> you can't even he can't even use those characters. Um and it's like at, at this point, I don't think anybody's waiting for it. It's no, well, there's one guy. There's the one guy who also has a podcast that's bitching about it. Yeah, I mean, you have um, another podcast. Yes, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Tom is here for those hot cha chas. Yep, that's that's why I shut up. <laughs> uh, Does anyone have anything else to say about Image Comics? I I think uh, I, I think that's it. I don't really. It's don't good. This this isn't quite up to you know our Star Wars episode, but. They, yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. Right? I actually had to take a two day two day slumber after that one. Uh, everyone did. Uh, <laughs> oh, they uh, they bought Kickass. They own the Kickass comic. Who now. had it before? Mar uh, Mark Millar. Oh, he owned it himself. Interesting. Yeah, it was under. Well, that's one thing to quickly say is that the image left an impact in comic industry where pretty much all the major publishers now. They have their own creator own department and publisher. Yeah. And it was a water it was a watershed image uh movement where there are probably it's probably not too bold to say there's probably twenty independent publishers that probably some do maybe one book if that, but mm -hmm. then there's others like IDW, Boom, Dynamite. A lot of these uh independent uh, companies came out of the woodwork. Some of them have come and gone, like Dreamwave, mm -hmm. uh, and others are still sticking around because they're kind of depending on, 
on while creating creator owned things, yeah. uh, broadening out and getting licenses from big companies to make adaptations uh, of movies, co- uh, toys, other shows, video games. Yeah. Uh, all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, Image left a pretty big impact where it's not just DC Marvel. Granted, DC Marvel are still one and two, but companies like Image and IDW, they go back and forth with being number three and number four, depending on what's being released. Yeah, what about Dark Horse? They lost lost Star Wars, so now they're pumping out Predator comics. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Well, yeah, Hellboy is trying to make a comeback, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they've got Hellboy. Maybe they don't have Predator anymore because DC owns Fox now. So, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're probably trying to uh, make some Hellboy comics and (laughs) that's about it. Disney buying everything. Yep. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Does that that mean the Alien Queen is a Disney Yes, yes. Uh, Uh, Lee uh, said it. Lee did the meme. (laughs) Uh, and no, actually, the answer is no. Oh, well, she's a Disney queen then. She's a queen. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she's. Well, not a hey, good good news about that. All the uh, all the kings and queens in Disney movies die. You guys, we're good. Don't worry. Oh, about yeah, that's right. Not uh, no, no queen queen Elsa's a queen. Oh wait, I've not seen the second. Only movie. because Don't her parents it. died. God. <laughs> well, doesn't that how anyone becomes a king or queen? Their parents die. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. Huh. Shut up. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt, shut up. I mean, Simba doesn't. Sim- Simba's a king. So. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You sound so defeated when you said that. Very good. Oh, so good. Wait, is Nala a Disney princess? I mean, she'd be a Disney queen, I suppose. She would. Their marriage isn't recognized in Africa, so no. Because this was a witch doctor who performed the ceremony. I think no, this is no, becoming because a they're fucking car- No, because they're because they're fucking cartoon characters. Oh, <laughs> you got me. Whoa, buddy. Oh, Whoa. Okay, okay, so. So that's it. That's image. Are comics. we done? I think so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <That> <laughs> is image comics. This is something we've wanted to talk about since we uh, conceived this podcast. We want to do yeah. a fun image discussion roundtable about it, and good discussion. You know, talk about opinions of of image and uh, where it is now. There, a lot of them are still there. Some of them aren't. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, we always know that Liefeld will be Rob Liefeld, though. <laughs> All I I hope out of this podcast is that um, whoever is listening really enjoys listening to talk about indie comics. I know a couple people that do enjoy it. I get feedback. Unfortunately, we're all on the podcast. No, no. I get get feedback. (laughs) These are the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Zing. All right. All right. Well, All right. We, uh, appreciate you, uh, Lee and Tom. We appreciate you guys coming back on and sure. having a nice discussion with us over this. And um, it's like I said, we would have a topic to talk about with this podcast since we went two to three weeks without having one. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say next week we'll have a topic because I know uh, 
uh, Dexter and I, we, we kind of just enjoy shooting the shit uh, a lot of times. Like, uh, this I is the best way we can... Yeah, we we just kind of we didn't we can't get together now and hang out. We haven't been able to for much most of the year. So uh, I, I couldn't on that one, dude. Oh, anyways, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Poop jokes. I have dogs. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, Matt. We interrupted you. No, it's fine. I was just thanking thanks for guys, but whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> so. Uh, do we want to do want to give the social medias out for Tom and Lee? Yeah, all right. Um, you can uh, you can find me. Um, I do I do a web comic. It's at uh, nextuse.com. That's n e x t u u s dot com, uh, and that's like most of uh, what I do on the internet. And sometimes I I troll around on the uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, for for this show, so I will at least see posts if you if you post on there. Cool, Lee. Brett. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at leeister thirty seven, um, and I talk about randomness and I post stupid pictures and stuff like that. It's true you do that. So. And I'm also on the on the Facebook every now and then trolling pages as well. So good, good, good. All right, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Hi, this is Dexter. Um, the ending of this episode is a little awkward. Uh, Matt and I had planned on doing a recap from last week where we talk about Star Trek Picard. I had finished that last episode. And we wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. We didn't think it was going to go that long because it was just the one episode. We ended up doing a lot of spoilers uh, and reviewing the whole season uh, more in depth than we did last time. So uh, that'll be next week just because we, we talked longer than expected. So for now, I am Dexter. You can reach me on Twitter at DexterJ or Instagram at TheBuzzKillKid. You can find Matt on the Twitter uh, as Maddie0984. And as always, go to it, go to recordinglivepodcast.com to find all the places you can download this and subscribe. Go to facebook.com slash recordinglivepodcast, Instagram recordinglivepodcast, and Twitter rec, R-E-C, live podcast send us a dm or a message or email us at uh hello at recordinglivepodcast.com send us some messages questions ask us to review some or talk about some things if we think it's interesting we will if it's sci-fi comic books tv movies we probably have somebody here that is willing to talk about it for some period of time so thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week with a very very spoiler episode of star trek picard